Jesus taught us to begin our prayers with the salutation, Our Father, for a reason. Knowing God as a Father will make all the difference in how we approach the throne of God, how we pray, and our confidence that God is eager to listen, and He's eager to respond. Knowing we are God's children is tantamount for prayer. And yet, we often hear that phrase, we're all God's children. But are we? Can anyone use the term, Our Father? That's all coming up straight ahead on Storming the Gates. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello, my friend and fellow warrior of the Lord. It is so great to have you here, and I'm thankful you've chosen to listen to today's episode. Over the next few months, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer, and I am really enjoying taking a deep dive into this prayer that I used to sort of gloss over because everybody, you know, sort of memorized it and said it in a rote way. But wow, it's actually very powerful. And Jesus himself taught us to pray this. So hello, let's learn about it. Before we begin, I want to share a quick announcement. If you are on Instagram, I'm going to be covering the topic of God the Father with a fantastic minister, Paul Ibarra. He has a powerful testimony. God took this man who was rejected and wounded by his earthly fathers, and God taught him the love of a heavenly father. It's going to be so good. And that is Friday, November 19th, 11 a.m., and you'll be able to access it on my Instagram feed or if you uh, are listening after November 19th, then you can always link to it in my bio. There is so much that we could discuss about the topic of God the Father, and I feel like I am barely brushing the surface. So I did create a colorful list of 10 verses called Revealing God as Father, and you can link to that for free in my show notes. And that way you can meditate on and truly absorb the powerful truth of who God the Father is for his children. Our Father. That is how Jesus began when the disciples asked, teach us to pray. This prayer has even been called the Our Father. In Luke 11, verse 2, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father. In order to pray effectively, we must first be a child of God, able to call God Our Father. And we must know God as Father. And I don't mean just know He exists, like the man who lives down the road exists, but through a dynamic, ongoing relationship with Him. Our Father is a call to intimacy with God. And that is why we want to understand the characteristics of our perfect Father. So when we look to Him, we understand who He is and how His desire is to listen to each request of His children. I mean, that alone is going to powerfully transform our prayer life. And you know what? Sometimes I truly feel like I am a child when I'm with God. When I wake up and I greet him, and I just have the sense of being with my loving dad, and I feel young and alive inside, despite the truth of my years. (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? There's a popular song that declares about God, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. And many of us pause there. Good father. I know that that is challenging to some people whose earthly fathers did not represent God the father well. And it could be that the very word father causes a streak of pain to run through your soul. We all have a father somewhere. And some of us immediately associate our father with God the father. 
if we had an attentive and loving father, we revel in knowing that we also have a heavenly father and we feel free to run to him and leap on his lap declaring Abba or Daddy. If our earthly fathers abandoned us or were cruel, it can be hard to shake the emotions associated with our earthly dad. I've known people who tell me they simply cannot call God a father. It's just too painful. Do you think Jesus knew people would feel this way when he initiated his prayer with this phrase? Well, yeah, of course he did. In fact, I think it's very likely exactly why he chose to reveal God, the Father, as well, a father. He wants us to know, as Psalm 27 verse 10 states, that even though our earthly fathers may forsake us, the Lord will take us up. My own father, he was a bit of a good father and sometimes a not so good father. I suspect that's probably the case for most of us. For instance, my dad was very hardworking. He was great at saving money. He was uh, very firm about providing for us. And once, knowing my love of horses, planned a surprise trip with me and me alone, even though I have four siblings, to see the Lipizzan Stallions. I was only about 12 at the time, yet that was memorable in so many ways. And it surprised me because my dad always seemed distant. I felt like he could be easily angered and I feared him. And I also thought he favored my sisters. He actually became even more angry at me when I found the Lord as a young adult and the rejection just continued to sting. But you know what? In the end, I was one who was able to pray with him to receive the Lord. And before he died, he even said those much coveted words, I love Joni. So in some ways, sure, I could embrace God as my father, looking at my my own father. In other ways, I thought God being my father meant I should fear God and tread carefully around him. Well, flawed though they may have been, we were given fathers for a reason. They are still shadows of God. Even if you had the worst father in the whole universe, you know in your heart of hearts how a good father would and should be. And you really long for that perfect father-child relationship. And that is why Jesus wants you to know that you actually can have that in our Heavenly Father. So what does that perfect child-father relationship look like? Um, and also, what special attributes do good fathers possess? Well, let's take a look at what the Bible tells us about fathers, not what society might be telling us, because in the word we can embrace and understand who God is when he is called the father. So let's just look at a few aspects, and I'm sure you can think of some more, and I'd love to hear from you with some other thoughts and ideas about how God is our father. So fathers protect and defend their children. Psalm 12, verse 5, God says, I will protect them from those who malign them. You know, when there is a good man in charge, we can relax and we know someone is there to keep the enemies away. One of our school bus drivers just moved to town this past summer and he has a son in middle school who rides my bus. Now, his son, being new to a smallish town and kind of jumping into a new school, 
found himself being bullied by some of the older kids who actually rode his dad's bus. Mistake. So Corey, his father, told me that when he learned about it, he stopped those two bullies as they were getting off the bus and he asked them if they knew his son. My son, you know, gave him his name and they said, yeah, we know him. Oh, look, Corey responded calmly. He's new to town and I'd sure appreciate it if you could help him out by, by saying hi. Just let him know he's okay. Because if I happen to hear about you all mistreating him, I would probably have to let your parents know. And if that didn't work, maybe the principal. So can you do that? Just tell him hi. I'm going to ask him if you did. Well, those two bullies nodded. You know what happened the next day? They told the son, hi. And Corey related, there had been no problems with the two after that. I know I'm old-fashioned, kind of like the Bible, but there is something about a man-to-man talk that can make all the difference. And when Corey told me that story, I thought, that is a good father. He was calm, but he was firm, and he was very clear that he was going to defend his son. Another thing fathers do is they provide. A good father looks out for the needs of his family. In the Bible, God was initially called Jehovah Jireh, or God provides in Genesis 22, verses 1 through 8, when he provided a substitute ram for a sacrifice instead of Abraham's son. God provided manna, quail, water throughout the book of Exodus when the children of Israel were traveling in the desert. He provided a well when Hagar was certain her child would die of thirst. He provided food throughout ravens when Elijah was in exile. Has he provided for you? I got to tell you, I have an abundance of stories about finding a check in the mail right at my hour of desperation for the exact amount I needed. God didn't stop providing after the Bible was canonized. He's a good father, and therefore it is in his nature to provide. And he always will provide for us. He tells us in Matthew 6, verse 31 through 32, that he knows we need clothes and food and he will take care of us as we seek him. Another thing good fathers do is discipline us. There was once a show called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home back in the 1970s, and that phrase caught on because it rang true. A child may not enjoy it when mom's mad, but there's a nurturing nature God's given mothers that lean towards mercy. But dads, meanwhile, they're a foreboding force. They're usually more willing to suffer a child's momentary anger in order to teach them important lessons. I got to tell you, I still tremble when I remember my dad loosening his belt when I was mouthing off at him. Discipline is necessary, and good fathers meet it out in a way that provokes deeper relationship and love in their children. Children that aren't disciplined don't respect their parents either. But God does it well. Think about these verses from Hebrews 12, verses 8 through 10. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they meaning our earthly fathers, indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, 
meaning God, disciplines us for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. So God disciplines us out of love and out of a desire to see us grow in holiness. And finally, fathers love and accept. There are so many verses in the Bible that tell us we're loved, we're accepted, we're wanted, we're desired by God. I'm going to provide some in my Bible study that will be in the email with this uh, podcast announcement, but we can start with John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. I ran across a story in Charisma Magazine that was told by David Bradshaw, the founder of a powerful prayer ministry called Awaken the Dawn. I'm going to pick it up where David is overwhelmed because there's a huge undertaking he's begun. He falls asleep battling fear and anxiety. He says this, In the middle of the night, I was jolted awake. I went from a deep sleep to wide awake with my heart racing in a second. I heard an audible voice. It sounded like my father's voice, and he said only one word, my name, David. In one of my most profound moments of insecurity, God spoke identity to my heart simply by calling my name. That's all he said. That's all I needed to know. Ironically, I was scheduled to speak the next morning at our church about the Father's love. I had the whole message prepared. But as I stood up before the church that morning, I broke down in tears. God spoke the one thing I needed to hear more than anything else. And it was not strategy. It was affection. Well, by telling us to call the Almighty our Father, Jesus is drawing us into a deeper relationship with God. He wants us to understand our prayers begin by being in God's family. They begin by us being accepted into his home, into having rich fellowship with the Father. Jesus wants us to know God can be trusted to provide, to protect, to defend, to correct, and to accept us. Our Father means we look heavenward with the trusting gaze of a child with her father. Which leads me to a very important point. Is everyone a child of God, like we hear all the time? In the sense that we're all created by God and we're loved by him, yes. But in the sense that we have a right to boldly leap on his lap and expect to be taken care of, accepted and heard by him, uh, let's look at what the scripture says about this. And John 8 is a very good place for that. In John 8, Jesus is having quite the discussion with the Pharisees. They're convinced they are the chosen righteous elite of God. They're challenging Jesus' authority. We'll pick it up in John 8, verse 42, where Jesus tells them this. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. (laughs) That got them a bit angry. Their father is Satan. Oh, they were spitting mad. By the end of it, they were taking up stones to kill him. Proving Jesus' point, I might add. You know, there's nowhere in scripture it says, all are children of God. Rather, let's look at John 1 verse 12. It says things such as this. 
but as many as received him, meaning Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. If a neighbor boy asked my my husband for a favor, he may or may not grant it. He has no obligation. My husband might like the kid. In fact, he might help him out because he's a friend of one of our sons. But there is a vast difference when the neighbor boy has a need than when one of his own sons has a need. He's not going to loan our truck to the neighbor boy, but he will loan it to his son. In fact, just last weekend, my husband, Charlie, drove out of town to help his son pick up a dresser, carry it up a couple flights of stairs, and then they went to have dinner together. Why? Because his son needed him. He's always going to be there for his son. It's family. It's Charlie's family. When you come to God, you must first know that you've received Jesus, believed in Jesus' name as the only way of salvation, and only then will you have the right to begin your prayer with our Father who art in heaven. Is God your Father? Have you become a member of his family? Have you said, come into my heart, Lord Jesus? Because now would be a good time to do that. Lord, I pray for anyone out there today who knows you, knows about you, but has not yet become adopted into your family as a child of the Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that they'll take that step of faith and say, yes, I receive you. I believe in you. And Lord, I pray for the right to become a child of God. The prayer the Lord taught us to pray cannot become our own until we can truly say, Our Father. And if you have any questions about that, please email me. That'll be another link that I put in my show notes. All right, keep an eye on your email because I am excited about the uh, journal I'm creating specifically for this time of fasting and prayer where we are going to be going yet deeper into the Lord's Prayer. And don't forget to tune into Instagram, November 19th, 11 a.m., to hear uh, Pa Yabara talk about what God did in his life to show himself as a good, good father. Be blessed. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.